it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Now, from the most powerful city in the world, a new generation of conservative talk. Fair, fresh, fun. It's the Guy Benson Show with Guy Benson. Merry Christmas Eve Eve from the Guy Benson Show on behalf of Christine Wyatt and Dan. I'm Harry Hurley filling in today for Guy who will be back right after the holidays. This is the Guy Benson Show, a program that offers you guys valued listeners smart, fast-paced political and cultural insights from the right-leaning perspective. The Guy Benson Show blends major newsmaker guests, a steady stream of Fox News stars that we will be presenting today on the Guy Benson Show and Guy's passionate and informative monologues and, of course, your perspective as listeners and callers. Again, Merry Christmas Eve Eve. Hope you have it all together because you're now hours away from having to make Christmas happen. And, of course, you got a lot of help from Santa Claus himself. So you're in good hands, and you're in good hands with Team Christine and today's edition of The Guy Benson Show. Have to begin on something. You know, certain things... I understand politics very well. It ain't beanbag. It's a full-contact sport. Uh, We are living in times that really are almost uh, bizarro world-ish, where everything you think should happen doesn't happen, and everything you think shouldn't happen does. For example, if we've been operating under continuing resolutions for years and years and years— What would precipitate the necessity, the urgency, the emergency of a $1.7 trillion, what they call omnibus? It's a funding bill. Now, the difference is a continuing resolution is typically for a short period of time. It it doesn't have to be a set period of time. Uh, It could be for a week, like the House and the Senate did a week ago. And what they did is they do what they always do. It's it's like the child. We can all appreciate this. Everybody out there that's a parent or a grandparent or an uncle or an aunt, someone that's helped your children and your relatives with homework. And all of a sudden it's an emergency because they've had the whole semester to do the big project. And now it's the night before. And all the pressure is now on. So make no mistake about it. It's devious. It's it's it's. Almost evil what they do to us in this great representative republic. And on our worst day, this is still the greatest country in the history of the world. So don't get me wrong, but it's this kind of stuff that I despise the most. The whole country right now, Hanukkah, Christmas Eve, Eve, everybody's in the holiday mood, the holiday mode. You're not thinking about this kind of stuff. And that's where they get you. That's where they make sure, oh, we can't go home till we vote for this. How about this? The House of Representatives will have Republicans in the majority on January 3rd. Now, we still don't know yet who's going to be the speaker. And I want to talk about that a bit later because that's a big deal. Democrats and the Democrat media, they're having a field day 
oh, look, it's the same number, uh, you know, uh, that, that the Democrats had in the last session. And, you know, they, they were able to pick their leader and they don't have any of this. They, they, they want you to have amnesia that there weren't people talking about Nancy Pelosi had to go and all this. They make it look like that was some well-oiled machine of nirvana, perfection, that they all get along uh, all the time. Uh-uh. But that's the perception. Perception versus reality, not challenged. The perception wins. So here we are. Republicans will take over the branch of the legislature that all spending measures originate. It's a very important, and there's a reason that our founders set it up, that the People's House would be where all spending measures originate, because that's the government that's closest to the people at the federal level. You think about it. You know who your member of Congress is. Many people, you don't hear a peep from your United States senators. Think about that sometimes. They're Washington swamp creatures. It's as though they hold the title of your state, but do you see them? You really don't. And I think that's pretty much across the country. So how about this? If I were the king, I would have said, hell no to this $1.7 trillion. This president's already spent more than $3 trillion in less than two years before that. We're going to jack this up now to $5 trillion and, and this goofy stuff, Michelle Obama uh, walking trail in, uh, in uh, Georgia and all this other goofy stuff. And oh, by the way, while Republicans were busy getting rolled over by the Democrats, hate to say it, but it would be dishonest to act like this was a good day for the Republicans. It was not. They should have held out. And if you're going to sign on to a horrific $1.7 trillion funding bill on the eve before the eve of Christmas, remember, remember Obamacare by one vote right on Christmas Eve. Go back in time and look at all these major things. When they think you're not looking, they're working overtime to stick it to you. This is a tragedy. Think about this. Joe Biden has appropriated just beneath $5 trillion. I think with this $1.7 trillion omnibus, which passed the House in case you didn't uh, keep up on it, and I don't blame you on Christmas Eve Eve, just a little while ago. So this will go to President Biden's desk. He will sign it. And we haven't had something like this in years. They've been operating. Democrats in the majority in the legislature couldn't even pass legislation when they had both houses and the president. We've been operating under continuing resolutions. Republicans should have demanded that we continue at the path we've been going. We'll fund the military. We will fund everything that's being funded right now. But this will be a continuing resolution, and we will begin negotiations beginning January 3rd when the new session begins. Why would they give them this incredibly bloated, ridiculous $1.7 billion of spending? It, it's, it's indefensible. It is truly indefensible. And Kevin McCarthy, if he can make it, he's, he's got five holdouts, and it hangs in the balance whether he will be the speaker or not be the speaker. But let me tell you what Kevin McCarthy has to say about these 18 Republicans that voted uh, for this uh, $1.7 billion in spending. He didn't hold back at all. I don't want to paraphrase him. I actually wrote his quote down. 
he has made it clear, and I quote, Fox News reported this about an hour, hour and a half ago, Kevin McCarthy, when I'm speaker, their bills, he's talking about the 18 Republicans that voted for this. I mean, this is unbelievable. When I'm speaker, their bills will be dead on arrival in the House if this nearly two trillion monstrosity is allowed to move forward over our objections and the will of the American people. Well, guess what, Mr. Speaker, in waiting. And again, that's that is very much in doubt. Uh, What I don't want to see happen is for goofy stuff to be going on on the second ballot and beyond if it goes further, uh, where Democrats actually think they have a chance to pick the speaker. Uh, We had an election. Elections are supposed to bring about finality and Republicans better get it together because they're always going to have the Democrat media. They don't the Democrats can do anything. They, They can lie. They can cheat. They can do anything. And other than Fox News and a handful of other outlets, including talk radio like Fox News radio, you got a shot to get the truth. If you think about it. Why isn't the border crisis that we're going to be talking about a little later in the program with Tom Holman, why is that not a major deal right now, except for the people who are informed, the viewers of Fox News? Fox News flies drones. Fox News has Malusian and and Griff Jenkins and these other people who have reported intellectually, honestly, from the border, showing infrareds, cameras and all kinds of things about the border crossings. The rest of the media knows that if the American people were to become aware of this at a market saturation level, how completely unacceptable this would be. You think because you know it that 335 million other people know it. It's not the case. This rarely is reported except for Fox News in the mainstream national media. So these are the challenges. So why would 18 Republicans... People like Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham, I understand Lindsey Graham's a patriot, he's a statesman, but this is just a bad vote. You can say you're going to fund the military and do all that. What I would have done would have been, we'll fund it at the current levels in a continuing resolution, uh, and that's my that's my demand. And oh, by the way, we're going to have to have funding for the border. Do you know out of this $1.7 trillion, they expressly have written into this funding that not a penny of that $1.7 trillion, some of it just absolutely being wasted, not just pet projects, indefensible, ridiculous projects, not one penny of that $1.7 trillion can be spent on border security. Now, you know that can only be by design. That cannot be by accident. So as one citizen, I am furious that the Republicans caved in like this. So somebody says, well, what are you going to do? You're going to shut the government down? And yeah, the Democrat media would blame Republicans for shutting the government down. But I say this, no, you you're, you tell a better story called the truth. You said, no, no, we were willing to keep the government funded, but not for an extended period of time. Like this goes way into next year. I'm willing to fund the government until we can negotiate a new funding measure. That certainly would not be $1.7 trillion. One last thing about this that I think is important, and it, it will bring you context. If you go back in time, in 2008, 2009, we were, if you remember, that's, God is great because you can forget things over time very, very easily like they never happened. 
But in 2008 and into early 2009, we had a financial meltdown in this country to where the Secretary of the Treasury and then President George W. Bush had a decision to make. And they created with the legislature the Toxic Asset Relief Program, TARP. There was a belief that the United States of America was either hours, a day or so away from total financial insolvency, total ruination, total collapse. Now, the entire media covered that because the Democrat media was going after Republicans. $489 billion stopped the banks from faltering. Some of them didn't even need it, but they were ordered they had to take it because it was such a, an emergency going on that they couldn't say, you're out and you're in. They made everybody take it. Ben Bernanke, you're all taking it. So they all took it. Here's what happened. They all paid the money back early. It's probably one of the only times in American history that we've ever bailed out any, anyone or anything where the money not only got fully paid back, but was paid back early. The media went bananas and hence the American people, over $489 billion. Now, I know there's inflation since 2008, 2009 to 2022, but not $5 trillion. Now we have $5 trillion in new spending in the two years of the Biden presidency. Other than the radio and television personalities of Fox News, the Fox News Channel, Fox News Radio, radio talk show hosts around the country, such as myself and a handful of others that are out there telling the truth, you don't hear boo, nothing, five trillion like it is nothing. That's where we're at, and that's why those 18 senators should have held the line. They should have said, look, we, we've got the new majority coming in in, in days we're not going to vote on Christmas Eve Eve and, and, and fund $1.7 trillion for an extended period of time. That's just not – we're not going to do that. But yet they did. Oh, no, by the way, none of it can be used to secure the border. Huh? What? Yes. But look at the stuff that's in there. Not just the Michelle Obama uh, trail, walking path, three, four million dollars. Yeah, what's that? It's peanuts. That's where we're at, and that's our opening comments today on this special Christmas Eve Eve edition of The Guy Benson Show. Fresh conservative talk, Guy Benson Show. Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz Podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Welcome back to the Guy Benson Show. Oh, Dan, you are on it today. I love it. I love that sound. This is the Guy Benson Show with Team Christine, Christine Wyatt. And Dan, I'm Harry Hurley, filling in for Guy, who will be back right after the holidays. All right, so we have to talk about this, and it will be sort of a good preamble uh, to Tom Holman, who's going to join us right after the bottom of the hour break, and it is what's going on at the border. Keep in mind, because most of the media in America, they act like there's no problem. I mean, you, you've listened to Alejandro Mayorkas 
the Homeland Security Director, or Secretary, rather. You've listened to Corinne Jean-Pierre, the White House Press Secretary. I mean, they're whistling down the road. They, they, it's like nothing is wrong. There's no crisis. There, there's no problem. The border is secure. I mean, and they know. They absolutely know. Look, they're suing the state of Arizona to move shipping containers that they blocked sections of the wall that was open, keeping in mind all those materials have been paid for by the American people to finish the wall down by the southern border, uh, and the um, contractors to finish the work have been paid. People are getting paid to not do the job. You, You can only do this if it's by design. In a wide-ranging statement that involves many things, but also the lack of sense of urgency with President Biden and the border, Lindsey Graham says it well, uh, and this is recently her appearance on uh, the Ingram Angle on the Fox News channel. Dan, cut five. Be honest with you, life is pretty bad for most Americans right now. We went from energy independent to being dependent on energy. Uh, You know, oil gas prices are up. The border's broken. Uh, crime is rampant throughout our country. Uh, the bottom line is Americans are hurting. He's disconnected from their hurt. He doesn't understand what's going on to the border. He's never been to the border. He's a really a dangerously incompetent commander-in-chief. We withdrew from Afghanistan, and you see what's happening over there. But what I can't get over is how he can talk about an America that most people don't relate to. He's isolated. He's insulated. He's not being told the truth about how life is in America. And I'm hoping he will go to the border and find out that when it comes to being a Border Patrol agent and living on the border, uh, southern border, life is pretty miserable. Spot on, Senator Graham. And can you imagine uh, the Border Patrol agents? You know they have a record level of suicide going on. None of this is, is, is an accident. The conditions are just absolutely terrible. My very good friend, Griff Jenkins, because these numbers should be released, but they're they're not being released. But he is so good at what he does. He's able to get them. Remember, when you hear fiscal year 23, it sounds a little odd, but the, the year begins October 1st. It's like schools begin many times on July 1st. 575,409 immigrant encounters. 177,818 were expelled under Title 42. We'll talk about that with Tom in just a moment. Total migrant deaths, this is an absolute tragedy. And remember, this is just fiscal year uh, 23. 86 total rescues or uh, total deaths, 3,150 rescues. That's El Paso sector alone and 150,000 encounters since October 1st. It's unbelievable what's going on. We'll talk about it with Tom Holman next. This is The Guy Benson Show. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton Withrow. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my (laughs) name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you'll subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. You're listening to a new generation of talk, Guy Benson. Welcome back to the Guy Benson Show. I'm Merry Christmas Eve Eve from the Guy Benson Show. On behalf of Christine Wyatt and Dan, I'm Harry Hurley filling in today 
for Guy, who will be back right after the holidays. Joining us now on the Guy Benson Show, on the Guy Benson Show Newsmaker Hotline, is Tom Homan. Tom Homan is the former acting director of the United States Immigration and Customs Enforcement, a visiting fellow at the Heritage Foundation and a Fox News contributor. Tom, welcome to Guy's program. How are you? Doing fine. Thanks for having me. And Merry Christmas to you, Tom. Merry Christmas. Well, it's not a Merry Christmas, though, for our border agents, uh, is it? Uh, what's going on right now, and now with the, 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 the way station, in-between station of whether uh, the Title 42 policy stays or goes, looks to me like it goes. All that the Biden administration seemed to have done, Tom, was say to the Supreme Court, we want it to end, but we don't want it to end until right after Christmas or something like that. Explain to guys, listeners, how important the remain in Mexico policy was, how well that worked, and also how important Title 42 is. Well, the remain in Mexico program was a game changer for us in the Trump administration. It, it, uh, it helped. It was probably the, the main policy that we created that gave us the most secure border in my lifetime. I've, I've been forced to immigration law since 1984. I mean, the data clearly shows that illegal immigration, illegal immigration was down 83 percent, 40 year low. And the Remain in Mexico program was was the main reason why. And, you know, when we talk about these asylum claims, people can still claim asylum. No, no problem. You can claim asylum, but you go wait in Mexico until you're hearing. And why does that make sense? It's because if you look at the immigration court data that's been published over the last 10 years, Nearly nine out of ten people who claim asylum at the border never get relief in U.S. courts because they simply don't qualify. They're not escaping fear and persecution from their home government. They're coming here for a better life, get a job, and I get that, but it doesn't qualify for asylum. And uh, nine out of ten fail. And if you look at the Homeland Security Lifecycle Report, out of that nine out of ten that fail, how many actually leave? Six percent. So President Trump said, wait a minute, if 90 percent of it's fraud— and even when they lose their case, that's they're spending billions of, uh, billions of dollars in taxpayer funding to put them through the process. Why would we keep doing this if only 6% leave? I'll tell you what. Let's keep them in Mexico. They're going to have their hearing. If they win, okay, you're good. But if you lose, they're not here. We're going to try to find them, and they're gone. But, and that made perfect sense. People are still claim asylum. What we but saw, the, though, Tom, to- Tom, what we saw, though, was roll back the Wayback Machine to January 20th. And two years ago, Joe Biden decided, President Biden decided that everything that Trump did has to be considered wrong and needs to be changed. He knocked out Remain in Mexico policy on day one, didn't he? Absolutely. And here's the issue. Now, they're blaming the courts, saying the courts are going to shut down Title, Title 42. They have nothing to do with it. You know, it depends who, It depends what they say, because one day they want it gone, the next day they don't, then they blame uh, the courts. Well, okay, let's say the courts do shut it down. Joe Biden, if he really wants to secure the border, if he really wants to save lives, if he really wants to get border choice of relief, he could start up Remain Mexico tomorrow because the federal courts have said that was a legal program, but they're not going to do it. So when Title 42 ends, that just means more people will cross the border. And border patrol is already overwhelmed to the point that 70 to 90 percent of agents are no longer on patrol. They're in facilities processing people. That's why so much fentanyl is, is escaping across the border. That's why you got over 1.2 million gotaways. That's why you got an increase in sex trafficking of women and children. So when Title 42 goes away, 
It's going to add more work to the border patrol, which means they pull more people from the line, which is going to mean more illegal immigration, more gotaways, more fentanyl to kill more Americans, and more sex trafficking. And, and what scares me the most is if you're a known suspected terrorist, you want to get this country, why get vetted to get an airline ticket or a visa? Why not go to the southwest border and get across the way 1.2 million others did and not get arrested? This has turned into a national security issue of huge proportions. You are listening to Tom Holman. He has been the intellectual, honest voice from second one when these policies that were working. That's a terrible thing. You know, you come in, you take over an operation, a CEO, things, best practices, things that work, you keep. You don't knock out the stuff that works, then lie and say the border is secure. This has to be for a person like you that spent your life in this space and for all the people that you know and for ones that have actually gotten to the point where they kill themselves. They can't they just can't take it anymore. It's so dishonest what's going on that we have people like Alejandro Mayorkas, Corinne Jean-Pierre. They say with a straight face, Tom Holman, that the border is secure and that if you don't agree with that statement, they've now upped their ante and doubled down on their lies. They now say that you are aiding the bad guys if you say that the border is not secure. So they leave it unsecure on purpose. You and I both know those trailers are coming out in five minutes that they stuffed in in Arizona. Even though we know all the materials are there and the labor was hired, they won't allow it to be done. They want it to be this way. And I think that that is beyond question at this point. Your comment. Oh, yeah, I wake up every day upset. And then to say that for us folks, like guys like me that say the border is open, you know, we're feeding the car- criminal cartels. It's an insult to me. I spent 34 years carrying a gun and enforcing immigration law. I have literally put hundreds of alien smugglers in prison. And, and to, to try to connect me with helping immigrant uh, alien smugglers is disgusting every level. And, and Alejandro Mayorkas, he has no integrity. He does a White House spokesman. If he had any integrity at all, to tell the American people the truth. I mean, we're not stupid. We all can see the video. They got 1.7 illegal entries the first year, 2.4 million the second year, over 1 million gotaways. That's over 5 million people have crossed our border illegally since Joe Biden took office. And that comes straight from the most secure border we ever had. Yep. That's incompetence. And, and that's, you know, they failed. Secretary Mayorkas is a failure. He's failed every month. Every month's a record, uh, a record month. And that's why I said a year ago he needs to be impeached. But yet, but Tom, but yet in the, Tom, in the eyes of President Biden, and the hard left, these radical left, Mayorkas has been a huge success. It's not like they think he's doing something wrong and they're going to fire him. Hopefully the Republicans are going to come in uh, beginning January 3rd and begin to impeach him. And you say that we see the video. Thank God we see the video because of Fox News, as you know, where you're a contributor. Uh, that's the only one, uh, only outfit that's showing us the video with the um, in real time right now. The flight team was at work. There's a whole bunch of people coming in right now. Eagle Pass, Texas, as we speak and interview Tom Holman, it's happening as we speak. And this is the plan of the Biden administration. What has it been? Near five million since he's been president? Something like that? This is what we get. This is we got to hope the Republicans have oversight hearings. They got to subpoena the right people. They got to subpoena the right information. And I will help them. Find it, because I know where the bodies are buried. He did this for 35 years. Have oversight hearings to show the American people the truth. Alejandro Marocas cannot run. He cannot say 
1,700 migrants dying on U.S. soil in two years is a success. That's a historic record of death of migrants coming across that border by far. He cannot sit there and say over 100,000 Americans dying from fentanyl in a year is a success. And DEA says 95% of the fentanyl comes across the southwest border. He cannot say 117 known suspected terrorists have been arrested trying to cross the border illegally. And we have 1.2 million gotaways. He cannot call that a success. You can't. He, he, we got a record number of women being sex trafficked across that border. We got 250,000 children have entered this country illegally and been put with so-called sponsors. And the U.S. government, the Biden administration, can't find 42 percent of them. That's where you have oversight hearings. You show the American people the facts that can't run. And what's going to happen then? Once you prove the facts, you got 24 Republican. Uh, uh, congressmen run, uh, are going to be running for office in 2024 in tough districts. They're going to have to pick a side. Either they look at the evidence and admit the border is a problem, or they're going to you know, just keep saying the border is secure. They're at risk, and I think we're going to win some Democrat senators on our side that are going to say, you know what, the border is broke, we need to take some action. That is the best case scenario is that we educate the American people, we put the congressmen and the senators from the Democratic side on defense and show them the facts, and maybe then they can push this administration into doing something to save lives. And when Corrine uh, Jean-Pierre would say to the Washington Press Corps, and it really only was the Fox News Channel uh, White House correspondent, whether it would be Peter Ducey or whoever would be there that day that would actually hold them to account and ask Corrine Jean-Pierre. And then she would say, oh, no, we're just following a court order. They act like they really would like it to stay. Wink, wink. They're just following a court order. Well, 19 attorneys general, as you know, Tom, went to the Supreme Court. They hit pay dirt. They at least got the attention and the chief justice stopped it for now and then gave last you know, couple days ago. Uh, the White House until 5 p.m. to file their response because they're going to be guided by what the executive branch wants to do. Because, as you know, they get the, you know, you got to run it the way you did. They're getting to run it the way they do. It's a disaster. We know. So they can no longer pretend that they want Title 42 because they've now argued before the Supreme Court in their filing that they want Title 42 to end. Who would do that? other than somebody that wants to make the border less secure. Tom? Well, look, I've said it many times. I've worked for six presidents, starting with Ronald Reagan. Every president I ever worked for, including Obama and Clinton, both took steps to secure the border. Some did more than others, but every president, all six, said you can't have national security without border security. They got it. Under President Obama in 2012, we arrested and removed 409,000 people at ICE, which was an agency record. Joe Biden is the first president in the history of this nation who came into office in un secured a border. Now, you know, what Commander-in-Chief does that? Now, Alejandro Mayorkas is shoulder to shoulder with him. Yep. In 2014, 2015, we had his family surge on the border. How do, in, Alejandro Mayorkas was the Deputy Secretary. Joe Biden was the Vice President. They know how we stopped it. We built detention facilities. We held people long enough to see a judge. 90% lost their case. We put them on airplanes and sent them home. The numbers went down. They are right now doing the exact opposite of what they know worked in 2014, 2015. They're releasing people, not detaining them. They're being released without a court date. And even if they lose, which 90% lose, they're not leaving. And I talked to ICE Command just the other day. They're not even looking for him. Alejandro Mallorca says under oath, if they don't qualify, they'd be immediately removed. The next question should be, how many have you removed? Because the answer is zero. 
So, you know, that's where you get him under oath and get him to perjure himself some more. And oversight hearings are, are going to do that exactly. And I told the, my, the, my GOP reps, I volunteered to be witness number one. No problem. You, the Guy Benson Show is presenting Tom Holman, former acting director of the United States Immigration and Customs Enforcement and a Fox News contributor. You're going to love this one. I know you've heard of you've heard about it. It, it. This particular alphabet network, not Fox, said that Title 42 actually contributes to increasing the migration numbers. What lies? This? How do they how do they sleep at night when they say these things? I, I know. haven't heard that. But uh, well, there you go. You heard it now. Trust, trust me when I tell you. They, yeah, they said it. They say that Title 42 actually contributes to increased migration numbers. That's ABC reporting that that just simply. But I'm speaking. I know it's not true. I'm just a layperson. I'm speaking to an expert. That's not true. I want you to knock that down. That really is not true. Again, Title 42 remain Mexico game change. Here, here's where you need to – geez, I, I don't wish to have a press conference. Let me ask a few questions. Because I would say, hey, Pierre, you got to say says you stopped building the wall because the wall didn't work. The CBP website has these numbers. Wherever there's a wall built or barrier, illegal immigration declined, illegal drug flow declined. How do you address that saying the walls don't work? You didn't say Title 42 worked. Under President Trump, everybody – was returned under Title 42. However, the Biden administration, they ignored the CDC, and they gave they gave a pass to uh, fam- family groups. They gave a pass to unaccompanied alien children. They gave a pass to single adults that didn't speak Spanish. They gave a pass to a lot of people. Matter of fact, if you look at the data, the facts, the Biden administration has released more people into the United States than they returned under Title 42. Wow. And that's a fact. What, and I, I ask a question that you, you say you can't detain them. There are thousands of empty beds, ice beds right now. Thousands of empty ice beds already paid for by the taxpayers sitting empty while they hire these NGOs to put an alien in a hotel room at $374 a night. I have never stayed in the hotel at $374 wow. a night. And, and this is a waste tax break. That's when they just need to throw a fax at these people. But you know what? President Trump was right. The media is dishonest. They're covering for this administration. If it wasn't for Fox News, you wouldn't even know there's a border crisis. You, know, true. you, you can't believe how many people I talk to that don't even know there's a border crisis. That's, what, that, that's why they do it. They're not seeing the video. And that's why the Democrat media, which is really an appendage of the Democrat Party and the Biden administration, that's why they will not report the truth. They will not report any of it because they know. Tom, we are down to one minute before a hard break. Give our listeners of The Guy Benson Show a window into – Without Remain in Mexico policy and without Title 42, what will this look like? It's already catastrophic. It, 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 it's a crisis of huge proportions. And I don't care what your opinion is on illegal immigration. This is going to drive millions more to cross our borders illegally. And the downside of that is now we've got more illegal immigrants in this country who's going to, who's going to you know, suck out our social services, our schools, and our trauma centers and anything like that. It's going to cause most of the border patrol be off patrol, and you're going to see more people dying of fentanyl than we did last year, and you're going to see more trafficking of women and children than you've ever seen, and you're going to see no suspected terrorists cross that border. They arrested people in 161 countries. Many of those countries sponsor terrorism. If you don't think a single one of the 1.2 million across that border got away didn't come from a country sponsoring terrorism, then you're a fool. This country is in trouble. I don't know how many terrorists have crossed this border, but someday we're going to find out, and it's going to be a bad day for America. Tom, great to present you. Have a Merry Christmas. Take good care. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you, sir. Tom Holman, former acting director of the United States Immigration and Customs Enforcement, telling it like it is. 
We'll be back. This is The Guy Benson Show. Fresh conservative talk. Guy Benson Show. Welcome back to The Guy Benson Show on this special Merry Christmas Eve Eve edition with Christine Wyatt and Dan. Harry Hurley filling in today for Guy. Guy will be back right after the holidays. The couple of minutes that we have will be time well spent giving you the, the latest involving Speaker, well, I was going to say Speaker Kevin McCarthy, that, that remains in doubt. But the the ability for Kevin McCarthy to get 218 Republican votes, because you don't you don't do it with the other side, and it's just not the way it works. Now there is a way, I don't want to go into the weeds too deep, but there is a way that it can be less than 218 and McCarthy could still become the speaker if certain voters, if certain members vote present. But there is a group of five and the the margin is that tight. There is one opening right now. There's not 435 at the moment. There's 434 Uh, and there'll be a special election, but not in time for this. So you have right now a group that consists of Republican uh, House members, Andy Biggs of Arizona, Matt Gates of Florida, Bob Good of Virginia, Matt Rosendale of Montana, and Ralph Norman of South Carolina. Those five, they're all rallying behind Congressman Biggs, who we've interviewed uh, several times. I know, I know Guy has as well. Uh, so that's what's happening right now. And they are, the Democrat media is just in love with this. They love this type of mischief that they can make pitting Republicans against Republicans. And it's it's just insidious, but it's happening. These five, though, the Democrat media, they're being called never Kevin. And they say under no circumstances will they vote for Kevin McCarthy for speaker, nor will they vote present. So Speaker McCarthy in waiting, if there is such a thing, he's got work to do still. We'll be back. This is The Guy Benson Show. From the most powerful city in the world, unconventional talk from a fresh, unconventional conservative, Guy Benson Show. Merry Christmas Eve Eve from the Guy Benson Show on behalf of Christine Wyatt and Dan. I'm Harry Hurley filling in today for Guy, who will be back right after the holidays. It is my pleasure to announce that on the Guy Benson Show Newsmaker Hotline right now as we speak, is Liz Peake, Fox News contributor and a columnist at foxnews.com. And we're going to try to hit at least two, if not three, issues during the time that we have Liz with us. And we're going to start off on the Fed because I think there is a lot of room to criticize what's going on right here. Uh, Liz Peake, welcome to Guy's Program. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. I'm delighted to join you. A real pleasure. So you are, of course, as usual, on top of all this important stuff. And the Fed, for those that don't know about this independent Fed and how they work, and they believe that the only thing they have left to do in order to stop this runaway inflation is to bring about tremendous pain to the economy. In other words, people losing their jobs uh, and all kinds of you know very, very painful things. What's your take, Liz, on what they're doing? Well, that's the plan. The plan is to jack up interest rates, causing uh, a slowdown in a number of uh, parts of the economy that are particularly 
um, influenced by interest rates. Obviously, the first one is the residential construction market, where mortgage mortgage rates more than doubled, uh, actually tripled off the lows. And, you know, we are now, I would say, in a full-flung housing recession, uh, where basically yes. house purchases have gone through the floor. Uh, prices are still okay because there's not much supply out there. But basically, people are putting together still high prices with escalated mortgage costs, 7% or wherever they are now, uh, and deciding that they can't afford to buy a home. And that's never a good thing. And we saw that in the most recent data about home buying. Um, housing starts also are feeling taking a hit. I mean, I think, you know, unfortunately, that's kind of the um, front edge of what gets buffeted by higher interest rates. But make no mistake, an awful lot of things are going to be hurt. Auto loans, of course, have also gone up uh, in price, and that's going to cause – uh, some buyers to back off buying new cars, and I think we're seeing that in the expectations for auto production going into next year. Uh, you know, basically, the economy is slowing down, uh, and the, the Fed has a problem, which is that it argued very aggressively for more government spending during the COVID downturn. Uh, Jay Powell more than once said, you know, monetary policy can't do it on its own. We need to have the government step up. And boy, did the government step up. And so then Jay Powell really, I think, had a political problem turning around six months later and saying, whoa, the $1.9 trillion uh, American Rescue Plan is, is unnecessary at this point. We don't need it. So we just had this huge tsunami of government spending, which the bad news is, Harry, as you know, it, it goes on. I mean, yeah. there has been no let-up in the government, and particularly the White House's eagerness to spend money and to enact policies like pausing student loan repayments, which is the same as spending money. I mean, for people who owe money on their student loans, it's been, what, now three years yep. since they had to make any payments. Uh, those people should be required to pay off their student loans. But, you know, it's just one more reason, one more sort of incentive to not go back to work, and that has caused employment shortages. You know, it's just a mess. I, I keep thinking, golly, wasn't it just two years ago that things were really in good shape? And now it's like we're spiraling downward. It's just awful. And then you add on top of it, now it's almost a full $5 trillion under yep. Joe Biden in less than two years with this abominable $1.7 trillion uh, omnibus. What a disgrace. I have to say this, and yeah. we'll see what you think about it. What a disgrace with the House Republicans ready to take the majority in a few days, basically, instead of doing a continuing resolution, which is what they've been doing anyhow, uh, they get rolled over to do this hideous $1.7 trillion with things like Michelle Obama walkway uh, <laughs> trail uh, in, in Georgia and all this other goofy, crazy stuff. But, oh, by the way, to have carved in there, none of this $1.7 trillion can be spent on border security. I mean, yeah. you can't make this stuff up, Liz Peake. No, and, and the Republicans basically were not included in the crafting of this right. spending bill at all, the right. House Republicans. So, you know, I have to read from this that Mitch McConnell doesn't trust the right-wing group that is, let's face it, making life difficult for Kevin McCarthy. There's yep. just – there's not – hundreds of them. There's just a dozen or so that uh, basically refused to go along with Kevin McCarthy as House Majority Leader. And I think I think McConnell was really worried that they would shut down the government. And I think he has seen in the past that that hurts maybe the Republican brand. But I got to say, um, 
you know, the more you hear, the only good thing in this omnibus bill, there are some things that Republicans got done. Uh, for one thing, and I think it's incredibly important, they did not get the extension of the child tax credit that was bloated during COVID, did expire. And again, it's just one of those things where, you know, you just don't need more checks going out to people who otherwise would be at work. And yes. I think it sounds harsh because the Democrats have portrayed this as being relieving child poverty. Well, yeah, if you give every child a million bucks, that too would relieve child poverty, but it maybe wouldn't work for the country's fiscal situation, right? So the enhanced child uh, tax credit, which is really not a tax credit anymore, it's just more like a handout. Thankfully, that got squashed. But there's so much pork in this bill, and earmarks have come back with enthusiasm, and I think that's unfortunate. Uh, it's a horrible bill, and yeah, I think the Republicans, they're going to have to do some pretty fancy footwork in the next two years to prove that it was worthwhile putting them in the majority in the House. Do you think this is this is not completely off track, because we mentioned uh, Kevin McCarthy. Do you think he's going to get there? There are five in particular that, that the Democrat media calls them never Kevin uh, that say they will not vote for him, they will not vote present, because as you know, we don't want to get into the weeds, but if a few voted present, he wouldn't need 218, he could still get there. Uh, do you think when all is said and done on January 3rd that Kevin McCarthy will be the speaker, or do you think he will be denied? Well, it's a good question, and I don't have any magic ball to, to let me know, uh, crystal ball, but but I got to say, what what makes me frustrated with this group is they don't have an alternative, right? It's not like they have a viable candidate that they have been putting out there and saying, "Here's the preferred guy," and really trying to drum up support for someone else. There is no someone else. So it seems to I I hope that they are trying to wrest out of San, uh, Kevin McCarthy as many concessions as possible, and then they will at some point, yeah, vote president or do something to enable him. Because, look, what kind of look is it to have Nancy Pelosi stepping down? Nancy Pelosi, whom we all disagree with on every possible issue, and yet you got to say she's been a very effective majority leader or speaker uh, for some years now and kept – a very fractious uh, group in place. I mean, it's not like the div there aren't divisions in the Democratic Party. Remember all the progressives and yep. how uh, the squad was making life yep. really miserable for yep. uh, Pelosi when she first took over in, in this role. Well, she managed it. You know, well, we're okay. Kevin McCarthy's got to manage this. And frankly, if he can't, he's not going to be a very effective speaker. I, th I th uh, everything you said, I, I I could not agree more with it. Those just tuning in, it's Liz Peek on the Guy Benson show. I think they do have uh, a plan, though. If it's not Kevin McCarthy, I think it's Steve Scalise. I think they do have a fallback plan. Well. Uh, and I like Steve. I mean, I, I think too. Steve Scalise is a very good guy. I yep. think he'd probably be a pretty effective speaker. But, you know, where's the campaign? Where's where's 50 people saying, oh, yeah, OK, I'll go along? With I, I just haven't seen that kind of due diligence and effort made. I know a lot of these guys. I know Andy Biggs and, and uh, Ralph uh, uh, Thomas. Uh, not, not Ralph Thomas. Sorry, Ralph Norman, I think it is. Yeah. And others. Yeah, it is. Uh, they're very good guys. I'm sure they're very sincere and they really don't like the fact that they think the Republican Party has gone squishy um, 
and and I think that's great. But let's get let's get the group, let's get going, let's get the leadership in place, and start the various kinds of efforts that are going to make American voters wake up in two years and say, you know what, we trust these people, we trust them to run our country, uh, and you know we're going to throw the Democrats out. Look. But if if we don't have a good story now, and by the way, we did going into the midterms too, on crime, on the border, on inflation, the economy, et cetera, man, when are we ever going to be able to persuade people to vote Republican? Because this should have happened, and it should happen in 24, uh, and we need to kind of look like grownups and be – uh, you know, kind of intelligent about putting our message out there and having a big squabble to start the whole thing off. I don't think that helps. Nope. You can't say it any better than that. It's Liz Peek on The Guy Benson Show. Before we get in to your column about Musk, Elon Musk should remain Twitter CEO, I think while you're one of my favorites, I, I agree with you on everything you say and you write. Uh, you make so much sense. I want to ask you this question, though. Will it ever matter? You've had all these Twitter Twitter files dumped round after round, round eight. They've shown the FBI uh, coordinating with the the Democrats. Uh, We we saw that they took down President Trump and they admit he didn't violate any of their terms of service. They took him out anyhow. We they're they're caught dead to rights on all the Biden laptop stuff. Will the truth ever matter about any of this? Well, here's what matters, is that Elon Musk now owns Twitter. If he can manage to keep this alive, make this a sustainable and important social media platform, which it is, let's face it. I mean, it may not have as many users as Facebook or whatever, but the truth is a lot of stuff goes out on Twitter, and we all talk about it and watch it. If, If Elon Musk is in charge... And he doesn't have to be CEO, but he has to be CEO now to make it sustainable, to kind of bridge the uh, business issues that are going to otherwise basically put this guy out of business. You know, if he is in charge, yes, it's important because we have a change. We have the chink in the wall. And I think, uh, yeah, of course, a tree falling in the forest, if the national media does not – for for the most part, cover all this stuff. I think that's disgraceful. And it means still a lot of my liberal friends in New York have no idea what's going on. They don't really understand the the FBI problems and so forth, but they can't get away with it if there's an honest platform. And that is the big difference. I don't know that we'll ever have accountability for Russiagate, for all the things with Hunter Biden. But going forward, there is now a public place of importance that will tell the truth. And I think I cannot think that it can't be overestimated how important that is. I couldn't agree more. And, Liz, isn't it something, though, this man that the Democrat media loved and was taking us to to Mars and and all these amazing things and and Tesla. And making us uh, happy with EVs, which otherwise would never have happened. Exactly. And now you have the lefties all saying, oh, I traded in my my Tesla for for a Volkswagen. I mean, they're just – these people are crazy. And yeah. all he did was come in and say, I want to make it fair for everyone. Yeah. So the other side proved they wanted it just one way. Anything they said, whether it was a truth or a lie, would stand. Anything that a conservative said would be ramped down or you'd be punished or deplatformed or suspended. I mean, it's remarkable. And, of course, they, they celebrate if he's losing advertisers and if his uh, Tesla stock is down. They loved him until he bought Twitter and wanted to make it fair. 
and now he's public enemy number one because yeah. he wants free speech. Yes. You just have to hit your head against a wall and, and try and clear your brain to, to see how incredibly stupid that is and, and awful. It's not even stupid. And to have the press lining up one after the other to argue against free speech and come out with all these accusations about how he's making it a platform for hate speech. It has been a platform for hate speech, hate towards uh, Donald Trump, hate yep. towards Republicans, etc. Now, I mean, and, and the, the sort of skullduggery of shadow banning, of not letting you and me yep. uh, gain followers, not amplifying things we put out there, it's the most preposterous thing. Who do they think they are? Again, now we have a change, and the change is driving the liberals absolutely crazy because now uh, something like this Twitter, this uh, FBI and Twitter collusion has come to light. I'm assuming that the same thing happened with Facebook. The same thing has been happening with Google. Same. I think we'll hear more about it. Uh, and and how how we get accountability for these people, I don't know. But Elon Musk is getting it. These guys have been fired from yep. Twitter, That's and right. good for him. I don't want to say this, but we have to go. The clock says so. Liz, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. No, me too. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. Be well. She's Liz Peek. This is the Guy Benson Show. Guy Benson will be right back. Welcome back to the Guy Benson Show with Christine Wyatt and Dan. It's Harry Hurley. Uh, Guy will be back right after the holiday. This is something that we must spend uh, a couple of quality minutes on because, it, again, it is part of this incredible just they, they have to be kidding when they bring this kind of stuff up when we have staring right at us in living color. I mean, it, it, it is the height of hypocrisy, and, and I'll explain. And I've talked about this representative. New York flipped the third district seat with George Santos. It was a rematch. Uh, he lost two years ago. He won on November 8th, and there were questions during the campaign about was some of his biography uh, untrue, inflated, flat-out fabrication, things about uh, immigration even, all kinds of things about the resume. So this uh, reporter, alleged reporter from Politico, Sam Stein, questions, formally questions, whether Congressman-elect George Santos should be able to even become a lawmaker because he's decided that he's the arbiter of when someone is elected, whether they have the right to take the seat. Now, of course, this is the same Sam Stein that I've done a little bit of research on. I don't see any anything in his reporting or social media or anywhere where he questions anything about President Biden. President Joe Biden has told one lie after another. He actually took another man's life story and made it his own and got caught. He says he survived a fire that never happened, says he was arrested in the civil rights march. There's no record that that ever occurred, says he was a star football player, says he drove the big trucks with all the gears and everything. Of course, that was completely laughed upon and debunked. Do you remember when he said that when he visited Nelson Nelson Mandela, that he was arrested. Uh, he he's, I, I hate to even say this because it was tragic when his son died and his son did serve. But repeatedly, the president has said his son died, killed in Iraq. 
that's not true. They've tried to explain that what he was exposed to ultimately made him sick and so on and so forth. I don't, really don't want to get into that, but that's a lie as well. Uh, all these things about high honors in class and was in the top of his law class, even though he was really at the bottom. Uh, there's the corn pop story uh, with the rusty chains. I mean, you could go on and on. We have a fabricator in chief that is, is a serial, serial provocateur. But yet this one member of the House of Representatives, because remember, in the Democrat media's minds, if, if a Democrat doesn't win, it's a mistake. Something wrong happened. So when you win, you didn't really win. They think they still won. And if they can knock you out and then replace you with a Democrat, they feel that that is just. So it is an outrage to say, look, I'm not necessarily a fan of Santos. I don't know a lot about him. I've heard some things that, that, that I believe the voters knew before they voted, and they voted him for two years. But that's not good enough for certain Democrats, is it? Dr. Manny Alvarez is next on The Guy Benson Show. Talking about the issues you care about. Guy Benson. Welcome back to The Guy Benson Show. Kudos to Dan. He is playing some of the best Christmas music of many generations. It's a lot of fun here today. A lot of serious talk as well. It's The Guy Benson Show. Team Christine on the job. Guy will be back right after the holidays with Christine, Dan, and Wyatt. I'm Harry, and it's an honor to fill in for Guy. On The Guy Benson Show Newsmaker Hotline, is one of the, I call him one of the heroes of COVID-19 because Dr. Manny Alvarez and all the just critical information that he continued to impart when there were so many questions. Don't forget, two, three years ago, we were wondering, how long does COVID-19 live on Formica, on glass, on stainless steel? Oh, my God, you get boxes in the mail, keep them outside for two days, get in the house, take your clothes off, throw them in the washer. We didn't know what we didn't know. And Dr. Manny was there from the beginning. Fox News contributor and senior health analyst, Dr. Manny Alvarez. Dr. Alvarez, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you for those kind words. Earned, earned, my friend. COVID-19, flu, RSV, triple threat, all happening right now. How are things going out there? I think things are going well. Uh, I mean, definitely, I think, if of all the three, um, the flu came uh, strong this year, for sure. I think uh, a lot of folks, again, you know, with all the confusions about how many COVID boosters you need and, and so on and so forth, were a little uh, delay in getting their flu shots. And I think that that compounded to the number of Americans that ended up in the hospital. But uh, nonetheless, uh, things are stable. They're getting stable. There are pockets around, especially in big cities, where you may see more of the flu or RSV with children. Um, but, uh, you know, everything is under control. You know, you know, I, I, I work in a very large uh, health network with 18 hospitals. We, you know, we still have capacity. Our ICUs are working well. Uh, but, you know, everybody uh, should be aware of, you know, uh, especially if you're going to be around people this Christmas, if you're sick, just stay home. I'm also a big fan of the flu vaccine, and I understand this year, because in fairness, when they have to make it, there's so many hundreds of millions of doses, they, they, it's, it's a guess pretty much. In some years, it's a miss. Some years, it's a yeah. near hit. This is a pretty good 
uh, vaccine this year, isn't it, for the flu? Yeah, it is. It is very good. And, and you know, for folks over 65, uh, you know, uh, there is a, a another type of a flu vaccine that it's a little stronger, if you will, because uh, you and you get a much more positive uh, uh, autoimmune reaction uh, from uh, from that vaccine, and it protects especially folks over the age of 65 or people with severe underlying cardiac conditions or pulmonary conditions. So, it, it's not a it's a it's a it's a good vaccine to take this year for sure. Dr. Manny, as you know, the president signed the defense bill, which now that repeals what had been in place, which was a requirement, a mandate that anyone serving in the military had to take the COVID-19 vaccine. And there were thousands that didn't. And there were thousands that were, uh, unfortunately, I'll just say they were discharged. They lost their jobs. We lost their service. So I think this bill could have been one step better. Uh, How about all those innocents that lost their jobs? Why don't we bring them back? But what's your take on this? Listen, I think that, you know, he, he he had to have listened to the scientists telling them that, you know, we have herd immunity when it comes to COVID in many places. Uh, there's, you know, antibodies have, that have been built in from all the COVID infections that people have been exposed to. Uh, a lot of folks have taken the vaccine, at least the, the, the two original doses of the vaccine. Many Americans have taken the third. So when you look at that composite of people, um, you know, it, you, you feel pretty safe that that consortium of, you know, military is somewhat protected. There's a lot of checks and balances that comes to health care in the military. We have the best military doctors, the best military hospitals, and so on and so forth. So, you know, to, to have had punished those individuals with, with letting them go uh, on the basis of, I don't want to take this flu shot or this, uh, this COVID vaccine uh, was the wrong thing to do. And, you know, fortunately, uh, uh, you know, better heads prevail and, and uh, you know, he signed it and, and, you know, we should move forward. But just like you said, and I, for instance, here in New York City, how many, how many cops and first responders were let go by the, the former mayor of New York yep. when he made it in such a way that uh, it made it impossible for them to do their jobs and they were let go, especially first responders, police department in New York City where our crime rate is so high. Uh, those were essential people that had dedicated their lives to that to, to, to that profession, and unfortunately, they lost their jobs, and I don't know if they're coming back or not. And I know, and I'm with you completely on that, and they certainly should be offered at least. Maybe they've moved on to other things, but they should be offered. And here's another thing. You talk about how this ripples, and you as a, uh, a doctor can appreciate this, Dr. Manny. The Defense Department th- that was ordered that these these military heroes would have to be let go if they didn't take. And this could even be if they were allergic to the what if there was something in the in the vaccine they're allergic to or they had a religious exemption. I mean, this was just heartless what they did. But what they've also done, there's so many thousands of military personnel down that they've they've weakened the standards, physical fitness levels and other standards that were in place because we're so low. This is just silliness. It would almost be just political to not take advantage and say, look, it's not required now. You come back. We make you whole. I think they should be paid also. But that's another story. But this this should be righted and we need them. Listen, I, I think, you know, you know, in, in your intro, you said many things, especially about COVID. You know, when, when we're going through the epidemic, yeah. we fear that packages were contaminated yeah. and a whole bunch of things that became so obsessive. Um, 
and we learned yeah. what really COVID is, and we learned how to treat COVID. We're also going to – I bet you apples to oranges that in three years from now, we are going to be writing the story of the COVID vaccine uh, because there's still a lot of unknowns. Uh, and I'm not saying that, that people should not take the vaccine. I think they should. But be that as it may, from a physiological perspective, there's going to be a lot of stories told in three or four years from now about exactly uh, how the vaccine worked in different populations. Yep based on their genetics and so on and so forth. So, you know, th th this is still a moving target, but it's moving to the position where common sense prevails and common sense will take you out of the darkness. And yep. I think that, the you know, the, the this military move was the right thing to do. Um, thank God it happened. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of things that need to be fixed, but, but uh, you're absolutely right. We're going to be telling the stories and the story is going to be changing. And as long as everybody's transparent in telling the story, we're going to be okay. So well said, Dr. Manny Alvarez on the Guy Benson Show Newsmaker Hotline. Most of us on the Guy Benson Show, possibly all of us, uh, live in New Jersey. So we know that there is a New Jersey school district that's reinstating the mask mandate that's coming up now and right after the uh, first of the year. Neighboring Philadelphia is doing it in some cases. What's your position on reinstating mask mandates? I remember this being uh, detrimental in terms of social-emotional component of children in school that couldn't see each other, couldn't react with each other. Uh, I, I am not, I'll go on the record on The Guy Benson Show. I'm not a fan of this. I don't want anybody to get sick. I don't want anybody to die. But I thought we crossed this bridge already. Your comment. My comments are that, you know, listen, New Jersey is a very strange state. I happen to, to live here. Um, when it comes to public health, they look up to Washington for any signals of what they should do, and they're not receiving any signals. The second thing is there are districts here in New Jersey that do a, a better job, if you will, in, in monitoring the health of their, the, of their students. Uh, big cities like Passaic or Newark, uh, they don't do a very good job. So the default mechanism is, listen, we don't want to deal with any health issue. Just put the, the mask mandate back on and let's cross our fingers and uh, we, oh, we, you, know, you, know, you hope that it works. Uh, you know, and, and that's just the wrong thing, because what has been shown over and over and over and over again, that for the last three or four years, American children have been traumatized beyond comprehension. They will never forget uh, not going to school. They will never forget being paranoid uh, by their own parents because the parents were paranoid about the, the, the whole COVID epidemic. And and so now that's sitting there in in their in their brains and and that's and that's a problem so you know if you keep reactivating things like this without really not thinking through alternative you're ba basically reliving the trauma that these children have um and and that's bad that's very very bad and you know let's hope that uh, that it doesn't become a, a statewide mandate but uh Right now, you know, they, they look at Washington, they look for signals, they don't see any signals, uh, they don't want to be responsible vis-a-vis, -vis, um, you know, there's, there's hardly any school nurses anymore in any of these districts, right? So, you know, you can't find a nurse 
and 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 any of these uh, school districts that that could monitor the you know who came sick, who had the sniffles, send them home, um, you know, go get tested or at least do some testing. You could do testing in the school if you wanted to, especially if you suspect the kid has the sniffles and you want to be super cautious. But there's a lot of alternatives, but alternatives need. You know, things to be done. People have to have the buy-in. You have to change the culture, and that's something that they're not willing to do because it's easier just to 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 write a governmental mandate of a policy that uh, that that is easy to do, and and you know the kids will suffer ultimately. So well said, Dr. Manny Alvarez is our guest. We've got about four minutes. Let's make it count. The um, the issue you raise, I just want to touch on it for a quick second, then I want to go on to drug overdoses, which are really, uh, I know you know, very problematic. And the CDC has released some numbers I'm going to share with guys, listeners. But I remember growing up, you remember growing up, our whole team here at the Guy Benson Show and many of Guy Benson Show's listeners, every school had a school nurse. Now we've had the, the pandemic of 100 years and almost no schools have a nurse when we need a nurse the most. It's pretty, if you think about it, it's very New Jersey. Like everything that should be isn't everything that shouldn't be is. And it's politically just wacky drug overdoses. Dr. Manny CDC has released that more than 106,000 Americans in the last full year. So it's probably even worse now. uh, But the last full year, 2021, died from drug overdoses. What's your comment about that? Listen, the the greatest epidemic of all um, and you can take this to the bank is the drug epidemic that this country has. You know, I lived through the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, and so on and so forth, and I lived most of my life in the New York tri-state area. Uh, Never uh, uh, did you ever imagine that uh, the the amount of drug overdose and people inadvertently being overdosed, right? Um, You know, you go to a bar in New York, you put, you know, you ask for a drink, you go to the, the men's room, you come back, you take the drink, you become dizzy. Somebody asks you, uh, you, you need help, uh, you're disoriented. The next thing you know, you're being robbed in the corner and taking your wallet and your cell phone. People are lysing, uh, uh, you know, drinks. And sometimes when they put those drugs in your drink, you, you overdose. You know, the, you know I, I told my, I have big children already, but I said, listen, if you go to a party, order a beer, Make sure that they open it in front of you and you just don't, you know, don't leave that beer on the counter. You just finish it or you get another one because this is the state of affairs today. Fentanyl is everywhere. Uh, Marijuana. I saw an article today that the black market of marijuana because they made marijuana legal in many states. Okay, fine. So now the people don't want to buy the marijuana on the on the on the licensed stores. They want to do it underground. So you don't know the quality of that marijuana. That marijuana could be lies with fentanyl. The same thing happens to you. So it, it, it because there's so much of it, and it comes through the borders. It's being brought by China, and uh, nobody's doing anything about it. And the sad part is the only thing that you could do is to revive somebody when they go into respiratory arrest. That's it, because the government can't do anything in stopping this, right? You have six hundred thousand people just came through the border. What do you think the old, you know, they're, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a refugee and immigrant myself, but come on, give me a break. The, you know, the black market uh, and the underground market. What do you think they're trying to do? They're trying to push as many drugs as they can through the United States to make money, but at, at the consequence of killing American families. 
and everybody's a young person. Everybody's in their 20s or their teens. And uh, kids, you know, used to steal the prescriptions of, let's say, Percocet from the grandmother's uh, bathroom back in the day when the grandmother had Percocet. And but now there's no Percocet in the bathroom. So some kid says, hey, I got Percocet for you. And that Percocet is homemade and maybe lies with fentanyl. And fentanyl is one of those drugs that (laughs) it, it takes you know, many, many milligrams yeah. to to affect you. So, you know, right now we are in a war. We are in a drug war. I think the president, I mean, and again, I hate that word, the czar. Remember, we used to have the czar of drugs. Yeah, uh, drugs are. Yeah, day. yeah. Uh, drugs are. Well, that, of course, that title went out the window. Sure. Uh, but we need to have some, you know, national committee uh, that tackles and looks at where the, the data is showing you where the problems are. And, and then try to figure out, hey, where did this fentanyl come from? And, and try to figure out. And if it is the border, well, damn, then you have another reason to enforce the border. If it's that there are factories in China that are doing this on, you know, because they're trying to make millions and destroy the fabric of America for whatever political gains the Chinese want to have, then follow where the lead goes. Yeah. But nobody's doing anything. They talk about the problem. But how, how, how much longer can we talk about a problem that is killing families in America every day. This, this is, is what su- I don't get. Dr. Manny, this is such a, a strong close that you just gave. I, I hate to say this. We've got to go in the next few seconds. But I saw on the Fox News channel today, they put a penny because you need context sometimes. You need to have the ability to see how little fentanyl. There was a penny on the screen and a couple of dots of fentanyl, just a couple of dots that didn't even take up a fraction of 1% of the size of a penny, and it will kill you. And we know that almost 400 million fentanyl pills have come in just through the open border that we have. It is a national emergency, Dr. Manny. Yes, sir. That is absolutely correct. I wish you a Merry Christmas, my friend. Merry Christmas to you, to all the listeners, to Guy Benson, and to the great producers of your show, because they're absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for the invite. You're welcome, Dr. Manny, and you got that right. We'll be back in just a moment. This is The Guy Benson Show. Fresh conservative talk, Guy Benson Show. One of Dan's favorite songs right there. I know this because I investigated it. This is The Guy Benson Show. Harry Hurley filling in today for Guy with Christine, Wyatt, and Dan. Honor to be here on Christmas Eve Eve. Just a quick comment. I mean, I guess I am now captain of Team Captain Obvious when I say uh, be careful this holiday season. Uh, the weather is unique in basically what's being referred to as a generational sense where this type of bitter cold, these blizzard conditions, depending on what part of the country you're in, and even here uh, in the tri-state area, it was snowing just a little bit ago, Not no accumulation uh, to be sure, but it was snowing, and it went from 54 degrees this morning to cold enough to be able to snow just hours later. So we know like 7,000-plus flights have been canceled, and that's probably up from there. That was hours ago. Uh, so enjoy your holiday. Be very, very careful, and this is the type of cold – that in some parts of the country it can overtake you in in mere minutes. 
So it is cold, and it is um, the likes of which you usually don't see through 100-plus million or more Americans that will experience it. It's beyond that. We'll be back. This is The Guy Benson Show. It's 5 o'clock in the most powerful city in the world, Washington, D.C. It's time for the Guy Benson Show Happy Hour, sponsored by the Finnish Long Drink. Finland's most popular alcoholic beverage has come to America. Visit thelongdrink.com. And now, here's your host, Guy Benson. Welcome to the Guy Benson Show. On behalf of Team Christine, that is Christine. Wyatt and Dan, my name is Harry Hurley. Filling in today for Guy, Merry Christmas Eve Eve. Guy will be back right after the holiday. And standing by right now on the Guy Benson Show Newsmaker Hotline is Frank Siller. Frank is the chairman and the chief executive officer of Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Uh, You can fundraise. You can get involved. You can do so by visiting their website, t2t.org. T2T.org, and on Christmas Eve Eve or at any time, this is a special interview. Frank, I want to welcome you to Guy's program. I want to take this opportunity to thank you, your profound organization, Tunnel to Towers Foundation, and I thank your hero brother, Stephen, for giving his life to protect our country from the terrorist enemy on September 11, 2001. Frank, welcome to the program. Oh, Harry, thank you so much, and Merry Christmas. For all your listeners, and uh, thank you for your great support, just not tonight, but all all year long. It's uh, um, people that listen to your show, the guy's show, are great Americans, and they want to uh, help the the greatest of all Americans, those who are willing to die for you and I. And that's what our foundation's all about, taking care of those families that are left behind. And something that you didn't know was going to take place, Christine White and Dan did not know was going to take place, in honor of you, Frank, your organization's important work, and in memory of your brother, Stephen, my charity is writing a check tonight in the amount of $2,000 to your organization to help you further the profound work that you do. It's my honor to do that, Frank. Wow, wow that's fantastic. And, and honestly, that's how we get it done. We're so proud that the fact that we are a grassroots foundation, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know we do have some who donate a tremendous uh, amount of money. Um, but, you know, we rely on people like yourself, you know, a thousand here, two thousand there, uh, eleven dollars a month, eleven dollars exactly. a month. As you said before, people, you know, go to T2T.org, eleven dollars a month, you know, adds up, you know, when uh, when hundreds of thousands of people are doing it. And that's exactly how, you know, many hundreds of thousands do do it every single month. And that's why we've been able to deliver over 200 mortgage free homes this year. The catastrophic injured service members, the Gold Star families, the widows left behind with their young children, and, of course, fallen first responder uh, families that are left behind with young children uh, that die every year for us. Although his voice is very recognizable, it's Frank Siller, Tunnel to Towers Foundation Chairman and Chief Executive Officer on the Guy Benson Show Newsmaker Hotline. One of the most beautiful moments of this year for me, Frank, was when I watched the Patriot Awards, I watched you on stage. It was either 50 or 51, I forget, but you don't. Uh, you had 50 or 51 survivors that have had the, the worst thing that you could ever have the news brought to you, and that's your husband or your wife, uh, is, is gone. 
and what do you do from here with all the children and everything else? And you had this fat stack of 50 or 51 envelopes, and you got to tell them on live national television that all of their mortgages this morning on that day were paid in full. How does that feel, Frank, when you can do that? Well, it, it's it's unbelievable feeling, and it wasn't that many fifty fifty one. I be I don't I always like to be a hundred percent accurate, and there was so many up there. I know that it looked like uh, that many, uh, but uh, we've done like I said over two hundred this year. So we had these families come down to the Patriot Awards, and I told them, I asked them to come get to I get to meet them, and that my the Tunnel to Towers board was going to meet later in December and decide whether or not we were able, going to be able to take care of their mortgages or not. We already knew we were going to do it, so they had no idea. They thought they were just going to come meet great Fox, uh, uh, you know, Patriots themselves, you know, Fox hosts, et cetera, et cetera, and watch the Patriot Awards, which was phenomenal. And on stage, I asked them, I said, can you come on stage? Fox asked me to come on stage and, and, and say a few words, and at that point, I, we did surprise them. They had no idea. They had no idea. They were overcome. But you know what they were really overcome with besides that? They turned around. They saw a picture of their husbands. In one case, yep. a picture of their wife because one was a widower yep. uh, whose wife died for our country. And um, it was uh, it was a, it was very emotional to be part of that. It was uh, spectacular. But, hey, look, this is what we promised at the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, that when somebody goes out – whether they are in our, in our military or first responder and they go out to protect our country or, or our community and to give the kids a kiss goodbye and they don't come home, we're going to be there to take care of their families that are left behind and we're going to deliver them a mortgage-free home. And that's a promise that we are going to keep not just for this year, not just for last year, not for the last 21 years, but forever. There are times, and you know this because you lived it, Frank, and those just joining the Guy Benson Show, it's Frank Siller, Tunner, Tunnel to Towers Foundation Chairman and Chief Executive Officer. Frank, you get this news on September 11, 2001, that I imagine was impossible to even process. I mean, so much was going on, the Twin Towers, the Pentagon, the field in western Pennsylvania, planes are coming down, like raining out of the sky. We don't know how many more are happening. Then your family, you get the news that your youngest sibling, your youngest brother, Stephen, gave his life, and he gave his life in, in a very brave manner, didn't he, Frank? He did. He did. He was on his way home uh, from his night shift in Squad 1 in Brooklyn, being a firefighter. Heard on the radio scan of what happened, went back to his firehouse, got his gear, drove to the mouth of the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel, closed for security reasons, strapped 60 pounds of fire gear on his back and ran through that tunnel up West Street into that South Tower and up those stairs. And, uh, well, you know, saving others, he gave up his life, and we just want to, you said it, he was the youngest in our family, he was the youngest of seven, he was our little brother, and um, we were, uh, we just wanted to honor what he did that day, and that's why we started the foundation. We had no idea we were going to be doing all this work, to be quite frank with you. We didn't have lofty goals, we just wanted to do the right thing, and through doing the right thing, God put us on a certain path, we've been listening, we have so many people that have joined us on, on this mission, we have tens of thousands of volunteers, just volunteers all over the country, tens of thousands. And uh, they help us accomplish the, what we've been able uh, to, to accomplish. So uh, through my brother's actions and those of other heroes, we've been able to do this, this uh, necessary and great work. 
Frank, no one could ever have held against you or your other siblings if you just mourned your your brother's tragic passing uh, for all these years. But you and your family and your organization, you decided to step up. The the word cathartic is many times overused. Is this something that does this does this help? It's never going to bring Stephen back. Clearly keeps his memory alive. And this iconic race that you have every year, 40,000 plus just getting so strong. Keep and it, and it's the course you know that he ran. It's it's really it's just so beautiful, but by by doing this, this this is um, this is a benefit for the loss. And and how does that how does that help you deal with the loss that you are able to give back to so many? Well, you know, um, I, you know, I tell my kids all the time, not all the time, but sometimes, if you're feeling bad for yourself, you know. Go do something for somebody else, and you're going to feel better. And it's that simple in, in life. And we lost, you know, a, a little brother, and we knew we had to do something. We made a conscious decision to get off our knees because we were on our knees. It brought us to our knees um, because my brother, you know, we lost our parents when he was a little boy. By the time he was 10, he was orphaned, and we raised him. So he's as much a son to us as he was a brother because we were much older than him. And, you know, we made a conscious decision to do good and to help others and others that were in the same uh, situation that we were in uh, that have a tragic loss. And, you know, my brother was married and had five kids, <laughs> you know, left behind five kids. And, you know, no, did we know we were going to pay off mortgages? No. Did we know we we're going to build smart homes for catastrophically injured service members? No. And, uh, you know, this year we're so proud we made an announcement that we are now going to eradicate homelessness amongst our veterans. And I use the word eradicate because it could mean only one goal, not to just get some off the street, but get them all off the street. And not just get them off the street, but get them all the comprehensive services they're going to need to stay off the street. You know, we just can't put a roof over the head. And we're not going to institutionalize them. We're not going to put them in, 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 a, uh, uh, in a place where they just line up and put them in beds with uh, 100 others right, sleeping right next to them. No, we're going to give them back some dignity back in their lives and give them their own space, their own sm- small but safe comfort home and comfort apartments where they are going to get back into society. They want to defend us. They want to protect us, and now we have to be there for them. For some reason, they came back, and they weren't able to assimilate back into society. So, But it is our obligation to make sure we do that. And the last thing is, you know, this year we started the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute because our biggest and most important mission from the very beginning is to make sure we never forget what happened that fateful day, and we want to make sure that kids are being taught that. So we have lessons from K through 12. That you could download, and meanwhile, you could whatever. It's all age appropriate. You can download it. Whether you could do it as a parent, you could do it as a teacher, you could do it as a school, you could do it as a district, you could do it, uh, and 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 institute it in in your in your programs and teach your kids all about it. And we've had every state download it so far since we put put it in there, and uh, it's tremendous response. We get stories from other 9/11 uh, not families, but. Uh, firefighters and police officers that lived that day and uh, acts of courage and heroism and, you know, and told the truth. We tell the truth what happened that day, that, you know, Islamic terrorists tried to kill as many Americans as possible and did kill 2,977. And we don't want it to happen again. So we have to teach our history, good and bad and sad. 
whatever it may be. And then the glory of it and the beauty of it is that we come out the other end and we do things for others, be there for our other first responders and their families. And that's what the Tunnel to Towers Foundation is all about. And that's why so many people have joined us because they see where their money goes. It's true. They see that they make $11 donation or more, whatever they could do, and it's going to pay off mortgages or build a home for these great heroes. People could see where their money goes, and 95.1% of every dollar goes to these great heroes and their families. That is the beauty, how much goes right to the programs and to the people. You're listening to Frank Siller, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation Chairman and Chief Executive Officer on The Guy Benson Show. We've got a little over a minute, which I regret, and I've really been looking forward to spending this time with you, Frank, on Christmas Eve Eve. You never forget. You always remember to remember this. And this comment I'm about to make is not gratuitous. Just like you today, I'm a guest today on the Fox News platform. Their support of Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been extraordinary. Uh, we can't do what we do without them, and that's the simple truth. Whenever I'm on, and I'm on a lot, and they give me that platform, like you're giving me this platform today, uh, Guy and, and, and his team and yourself. Um, we have to get the word out there because unless people know what we're doing, they're not going to – they can't join us because they don't know. We need more people to come to T2T.org and do the $11 a month. If I can get a million people doing that – we could keep this promise about helping all these families, like I said, not just last year or this year or next year, but every year. And we're averaging over 200 mortgage-free homes a year. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. We have to take care of these homeless veterans. We spent over $50 million this year on homelessness amongst our veterans, $50 million. That's a lot of money, but it's just a scratch. A government wastes billions of dollars and gets nothing done. We got 500 off the street and into housing uh, this year. 2,500 is the goal for next year. 5,000 is the goal for the following year, and so on and so forth. And we're going to do it because Fox News lets the message get out there. They help us get that message out there. I was on Cavuto yesterday. I was on America's Newsroom. I'm going on Fox and Friends tomorrow morning. Uh, they are always telling me the five always uh, puts it out there what we're doing. I was uh, honored to be on them on that show uh, uh, a few times. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. The support and starts with Suzanne Scott. Um, and uh, it's and, and it's uh, it, it's it's tremendous. I couldn't Frank, do it without him. An honor, an honor to present you today on the Guy Benson show. Merry Christmas. And uh, it, the as they say, the check is in the mail. The check is written. And we are honored to. Um, to help support your great cause. And these homes are custom with with cabinets at certain heights for people that need certain access and the, the height of appliances. I've seen your work. I'm so profoundly moved by your work. And I wish you, Frank, a Merry Christmas, and thank you. Thank you. God bless. Take good care. We will be right back. Uh, that's as special as it gets. This is The Guy Benson Show. The Guy Benson Show. More next. Welcome back to the Guy Benson Show with Christine, Wyatt, and Dan. It's Harry Hurley filling in. Guy will be back right after the holidays. Quick comment and a follow-up to um, Frank Siller's appearance. Uh, I talked to a lot of people that believe in this cause. In fact, during the interview, I saw it right after the interview, a former 
member of the New Jersey state legislature wrote into the program and said that uh, he and his wife, they can they contribute monthly to Tower to Tunnels Foundation. Uh, it is something when you think about and I understand that that there are, are always a lot of different really worthy causes and, and they need they need our help. And especially in the tough times that we've been going through. Don't forget, even though they changed the rules, we probably already lived through a recession. I'm saying probably just in the spirit of Christmas, uh, two negative quarters of GDP in every example in the history of the United States constitutes a recession. This was changed purely for political purposes so that the Democrats uh, could somehow escape the wrath of the the economic catastrophe that they have that they have um, uh, inflicted upon the American people. So we change the English language, we torture it, and we call things things they're not, and it's bizarro world stuff. But we're supposed to have another recession in 2023 as well, and this is very painful. And I will tell you as somebody that I, I have uh, – I made it clear in my interview with Frank, we have our own uh, charitable foundation, and the organizations that need the support – have just grown exponentially. And I can tell you that I've actually witnessed folks that were contributors that became recipients because of no no fault of their own, just the challenging times. So it was a very encouraging uh, digital message that I received from a New Jersey former legislator that they contribute to uh, Tunnel Tunnel Two Towers Foundation every month. T2T.org, that's T2T. Org. And as I mentioned, there are a lot of different charities that need your support and you and your families go about deciding on, you know, you can't support everyone and everything, uh, but they are certainly making a huge difference. And we didn't even have a chance to get into some of the developments that they're looking to create as well. And we did touch on it briefly. These homes are amazing. They're smart homes. They're built for the family that will be moving in. If it's a military person or a paramilitary person that has uh, had disabilities and things coming back from service or had an incident on the job, this is incredible what they do in terms of making it bigger doors to be able to navigate through and all kinds of custom touches. We will be right back. This is The Guy Benson Show. Thanks for listening. Talking about the issues you care about. Guy Benson. This is the Guy Benson Show. Earlier in the program, we spoke with Tom Holman about border security, Title 42, and much more. Here's a part of that interview. Explain to Guy's listeners how important the Remain in Mexico policy was, how well that worked, and also how important Title 42 is. Well, the Remain in Mexico program was a game changer for us in the Trump administration. It, it, uh, it helped. It was probably the, the main policy that we created that gave us the most secure border in my lifetime. I've, I've been forced to immigration law since 1984. I mean, the data clearly shows that illegal immigration, illegal immigration was down 83%, 40-year low. And the Remain in Mexico program was, was the main reason why. And, you know, when we talk about all these asylum claims, People can still claim asylum. No, no problem. You can claim asylum, but you go wait in Mexico until you're hearing. And why does that make sense? It's because if you look at the immigration court data, 
that's been published over the last 10 years, nearly 9 out of 10 people who claim asylum at the border never get relief in U.S. courts because they simply don't qualify. They're not escaping fear and persecution from their home government. They're coming here for a better life, get a job, and I get that. But it doesn't qualify for asylum. And uh, 9 out of 10 fail. And if you look at the Homeland Security Lifecycle Report, out of that 9 out of 10 that fail, how many actually leave? 6%. So President Trump said, wait a minute. If 90% of it's fraud, and even when they lose their case, that's for spending billions of, uh, billions of dollars in taxpayer funding to put them through the process, why would we keep doing this if only 6% leave? I'll tell you what. Let's keep them in Mexico. They can have their hearing. If they win, okay, you're good. But if you lose, they're not here. We don't try to find them, and they're gone. But, and that made perfect sense. People are still claim asylum. What we but saw, the, though, Tom, to- Tom, what we saw, though, was roll back the Wayback Machine to January 20th. And two years ago, Joe Biden decided, President Biden decided that everything that Trump did has to be considered wrong and needs to be changed. He knocked out Remain in Mexico policy on day one, didn't he? Absolutely. And here's the issue. Now, they're blaming the courts, saying the courts are going to shut down Title, title 42. They have nothing to do with it. You know, it depends who, It depends what they say, because one day they want it gone, the next day they don't, then they blame uh, the courts. Well, okay, let's say the courts do shut it down. Joe Biden, if he really wants to secure the border, if he really wants to save lives, if he really wants to get border control to relief, he could start up Remain Mexico tomorrow because yes. the federal courts have said that was a legal program, but they're not going to do it. So when Title 42 ends, that just means more people will cross the border. And border patrol is already overwhelmed to the point that 70 to 90 percent of agents are no longer on patrol. They're in facilities processing people. That's why so much fentanyl is, is escaping across the border. That's why you got over 1.2 million gotaways. That's why you got an increase in sex trafficking of women and children. So when Title 42 goes away, it's going to add more work to the border patrol, which means they pull more people from the line, which is going to be more illegal immigration, more gotaways, more fentanyl to kill more Americans, and more sex trafficking. And, and what scares me the most is if you're a known suspected terrorist, you want to get this country, why get vetted to get an airline ticket or a visa? Why not go to the southwest border and get across the way 1.2 million others did and not get arrested? This has turned into a national security issue of huge proportions. You are listening to Tom Holman. He has been the intellectual, honest voice from second one when these policies that were working, that's a terrible thing. You know, you come in, you take over an operation, a CEO, things, best practices, things that work, you keep. You don't knock out the stuff that works, then lie and say the border is secure. This has to be for a person like you that spent your life in this space and for all the people that you know and for ones that have actually gotten to the point where they kill themselves. They can't they just can't take it anymore. It's so dishonest what's going on that we have people like Alejandro Mayorkas, Corinne Jean-Pierre. They say with a straight face, Tom Holman, that the border is secure. And that if you don't agree with that statement, they've now upped their ante and doubled down on their lies. They now say that you are aiding the bad guys if you say that the border is not secure. So they leave it unsecure on purpose. You and I both know those trailers are coming out in five minutes that they stuffed in in Arizona. Even though we know all the materials are there and the labor was hired, they won't allow it to be done. They want it to be this way. And I think that that is beyond question at this point, your comment. 
Oh, yeah, I wake up every day upset. And then to say that for us folks, like guys like me that say the border is open, you know, we're feeding the car- criminal cartels. It's an insult to me. I spent 34 years carrying a gun and enforcing immigration law. I have literally put hundreds of alien smugglers in prison. And, and to, to try to connect me with helping immigrant uh, uh, alien smugglers is disgusting every level. And, and Alejandro Mayorkas, he has no integrity. He does a White House spokesman. If he had any integrity at all, to tell American people the truth. I mean, we're not stupid. We're all can see the video. They got 1.7 illegal entries the first year, 2.4 million the second year, over 1 million gotaways. That's over 5 million people have crossed our border illegally since Joe Biden took office. And that comes straight from the most secure border we ever had. Yep. That's incompetence. And that's, you know, they failed. Secretary Mayorkas is a failure. He's failed every month. Every month's a record, uh, a record month. And that's why I said a year ago he needs to be impeached. But yet, but Tom, but yet in, the, Tom, in the eyes of President Biden, and the hard left, these radical left, Mayorkas has been a huge success. It's not like they think he's doing something wrong and they're going to fire him. Hopefully the Republicans are going to come in uh, beginning January 3rd and begin to impeach him. And you say that we see the video. Thank God we see the video because of Fox News, as you know, where you're a contributor. Uh, that's the only one, uh, only outfit that's showing us the video with the um, in real time right now. The flight team was at work. There's a whole bunch of people coming in right now. Eagle Pass, Texas, as we speak and interview Tom Homan, it's happening as we speak. And this is the plan of the Biden administration. What has it been? Near five million since he's been president? Something like that? This is what we get. This is we got to hope the Republicans have oversight hearings. They got to subpoena the right people. They got to subpoena the right information. And I will help them find it because I know where the bodies are buried. They did this for 35 years. Have oversight hearings to show the American people the truth. Alejandro Marocas cannot run. He cannot say 1,700 migrants dying on U.S. soil in two years is a success. That's a historic record of death of migrants coming across that border by far. He cannot sit there and say over 100,000 Americans dying from fentanyl in a year is a success. And DEA says 95% of the fentanyl comes across from the southwest border. He cannot say 117 known suspected terrorists have been arrested trying to cross the border illegally. And we have 1.2 million gotaways. He cannot call that a success. You can't. He, he, we got a record number of women being sex trafficked across that border. We got 250,000 children have entered this country illegally and been put with so-called sponsors. And the U.S. government, the Biden administration, can't find 42 percent of them. That's where you have oversight hearings. You show the American people the facts that can't run. And what's going to happen then, once you prove the facts, you got 24 Republican uh, uh, congressmen run, are going to be running for office in 2024 in tough districts. They're going to have to pick a side. Either they look at the evidence and admit the border is a problem, or they're going to you know, just keep saying the border is secure. They're at risk, and I think we're going to win some Democrat senators on our side that are going to say, you know what, the border is broke, we need to take some action. That is the best case scenario is that we educate the American people, we put the congressmen and the senators from the Democratic side on defense and show them the facts, and maybe then they can push this administration and doing something to save lives. And when Corinne uh, Jean-Pierre would say to the Washington Press Corps, and it really only was the Fox News Channel 
uh, White House correspondent, whether it would be Peter Ducey or whoever would be there that day, that would actually hold them to account and ask Corrine Jean-Pierre. And then she would say, oh, no, we're just following a court order. They act like they really would like it to stay. Wink, wink. They're just following a court order. Well, 19 attorneys general, as you know, Tom, went to the Supreme Court. They hit pay dirt. They at least got the attention and the chief justice stopped it for now and then gave last you know, a couple of days ago uh, the White House until 5 p.m. to file their response because they're going to be guided by what the executive branch wants to do, because as you know, they get, to, you know, you got to run it the way you did. They're getting to run it the way they do. It's a disaster, we know. So they're, they can no longer pretend that they want Title 42 because they've now argued before the Supreme Court in their filing that they want Title 42 to end. Who would do that other than somebody that wants to make the border less secure? Tom? Well, look, I've said it many times. I've worked for six presidents, starting with Ronald Reagan. Every president I ever worked for, including Obama and Clinton, both took steps to secure the border. Some did more than others. But every president, all six, said you can't have national security without border security. They got it. Under President Obama in 2012, we arrested and removed 409,000 people at ICE, which was an agency record. Joe Biden is the first president in the history of this nation who came into office in un secured a border. Now, you know, what commander chief does that? Now, Alejandro Mayorkas is shoulder to shoulder with him. Yep. In 2014, 2015, we had his family surge on the border. How do, and Alejandro Mayorkas was the deputy secretary. Joe Biden was the vice president. They know how we stopped it. We built detention facilities. We held people long enough to see a judge. 90% lost their case. We put them on airplanes and sent them home. The numbers went down. They are right now doing the exact opposite of what they know worked in 2014, 2015. They're releasing people, not detaining them. They're being released without a court date. And even if they lose, which 90% lose, they're not leaving. And I talked to ICE Command just the other day. They're not even looking for him. Alejandro Mallorca says under oath, if they don't qualify, they'd be re- immediately removed. The next question should be, how many have you removed? Because the answer is zero. So, you know, that's where you get him under oath and get him to purge himself some more. And oversight hearings are, are going to do that exactly. And I told the, my, the, my GOP reps, I, I volunteered to be witness number one. No problem. That was just part of our interview with Tom Holman. To hear the full interview Go to the GuyBensonShow.com website. That's GuyBensonShow.com. We'll be right back with the home stretch. For the full interview and more, go to GuyBensonShow.com. Welcome back to the Guy Benson Show. It's home stretch with Team Christine. Christine is here. Wyatt is here. Dan is here. Harry filling in for Guy, who will be back right after the holidays. We couldn't end, I I think, on a more profound note, Christine, if we tried. And I want to turn it over to you for a comment. We had the opportunity to visit uh, with uh, Tunnel to Towers Foundation and Frank Siller. What an amazing story. Um, What an amazing organization that that rose from the tragedy of September 11th when uh, the Siller family lost their youngest sibling, Stephen, who gave his life and showed up for something that he didn't even have to go to. But that's the way heroes operate. He heard the call, so he headed back to the fire station, and the rest is history. Uh, Christine, this is an amazing organization that has done so much. You know, we hear about mortgages that are paid off for military and paramilitary 
families that are surviving this type of tragedy. Uh, it's it's a really important organization, isn't it, Christine? It it really is. I mean, as you know, Fox News has been big, big supporters of Tunnels Towers uh, over the years. Um, I've been following Frank and their organization for years myself, donating. And I have to say, this one really, really gets me because, as you know, we've spoken about it before, especially being in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area. 9-11 was so impactful, not just to the families and the victims, but to everybody that witnessed it that day. You know, my whole life trajectory changed that morning, which led me to Fox News. Christine, I was live on air when the terrorist enemy hit us. Uh, we replay that every year on September 11th, unless it's on the weekend, and then we play it on the Friday before in the 9 o'clock hour, exactly when we found out that the terrorist enemy hit. And there are just so many examples of what this means and how this changed the trajectory of so many things. For example, T2T.org, that's T, the number 2, T.org, would not have come of age. And you think about how many families they have impacted. Here's another thing. People wonder sometimes you make a contribution. How material is it? How much of it goes towards actually programs? At T2T.org, any contribution that you make, which is tax deductible, to Tunnel to Towers Foundation, 95% of the dollars raised go to programs. That's exemplary. They're doing profound, important work. No, they they are. And uh, you could even see that. I, I was there last year. I was not able to go visit this time. But uh, the Patriot Awards that Fox Nation puts on, they uh, do a lot with this as well to, you know, honor Frank, to honor his brother, to help people that, that fight, that give their lives for this country so people like you and I can talk freely. Think about, I mean, we talk about this in the news. Look at what's happening in Afghanistan right now. Children... Uh, Women can't even go to school. We have no lucky, no idea how lucky we really are to live in this country. And for the people that are fighting for our rights and the people that lost their lives, it is a beautiful way to say thank you, to help them. And if you're going to donate this holiday season, I really, really strongly suggest checking out T2T.org. You can't miss. um, And making a donation. No. You, you just can't miss because you know you are directly impacting a family that lost something that we can't even imagine. I won't even go there. You can't even imagine what these folks have lost. And I remember vividly, Christine, watching the Patriot Awards. There were 50 people on stage. They weren't all just women. You think like it's only men getting killed. There were men on that stage because their wives were lost uh, yes. in, in, in public mm-hmm. service. Um, and when Frank Siller had that fat stack of, I believe it was 50, maybe 51 envelopes that showed that each person on that stage, their mortgage was completely paid off this morning, free and clear. And oh my gosh, then you know what your contribution means. And Harry, you and I both know You know, I mean, I just sold my home, but I was a homeowner for a long time. You're a homeowner now. Anybody that's listening right now, like one of the biggest things you stress about is how you're going to make that mortgage payment. And can you imagine if that was just taken off 
your plate after you have done so much to serve the people of this great nation. So I want to thank Frank so much for doing this. And I just, I, I, I hate that the reason he had to do this was because of 9-11. Um, so if you're wondering, you know, if any good can come out of what happened that morning on 9-11, donating to T2T.org is something that you can feel good about and help the people that need it the most, especially during this holiday season. My husband and I, we pick a few organizations to donate to. This year, T2T.org was one of them. You know, there's many ways you can help, but please, I always say this. If you can put your child in a warm bed at night, that's a healthy child and your health is good and you have a pretty good life, you are damn near lucky. And we should try to help people that aren't as fortunate. It's so true because spouses have lost their husband or wife. Children have lost their parent. All of that, that is just completely irreplaceable. So to donate, you can go to the website for Tunnel to Towers Foundation, T, the number two, T, dot org, T to T dot org. On behalf of Guy Benson, Christine, Wyatt and Dan, this is Harry Hurley wishing you and yours a very Merry Christmas. This is The Guy Benson Show. chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table to Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.